Hello and welcome to another serious chat with me, Daniel, where each episode I try to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. This week I'm going to be talking to my colleague, Lucine, about adjusting to life in new countries, a little bit about cultural misunderstandings, and where we think of as home. There's not much more to say really, so enjoy the episode. So here we are in the library, and I'm going to try and keep my voice down as much as possible because we are in the library. And we do have a room. Yeah, we're in a, a room, but it's beside the quiet uh, the quiet room, actually attached to the quiet room. So I'm not sure if we're in the quiet room zone at the moment. <laughs> do we need to be quiet? Um, I, someone will tell us, I'm sure, if we're not quiet. Someone will tell us. Somebody will come over and give us a shush. So as we always do at the start of a serious chat we have a little bit of small talk first how does that sound sounds great all right so the small talk topic i've got for you is what did you do at the weekend it's a classic small talk topic well uh funny you should ask um i had i'm getting married in september and i had a bridal shower over the weekend and my mom came down to visit florida for the first time from california so that all went really well my mom's a weird person who likes hot weather so this is perfect for her no, this is, it's not hot weather at the moment. It's like scorching weather. So did you, you still enjoy <laughs> to, it or not? To be exact. Yeah, still, or at least, you know, it, it doesn't bother her as much as most people. So yeah, this is a good climate for her. So something I've actually been wondering is, what is the difference between a bachelorette party and a bridal shower? Because <laughs> a bridal shower, is that... A, is, this, is this something they don't have in the UK or you just don't know? I was just kind of wondering. Is like a bachelorette party, is that more of like you're going bachelorette out? Bachelorette is just like your friends and you go out and i don't know drink and dance the night away and yeah bridal showers you get a lot of presents it's, yeah <laughs> it's, it's much more civil you show up there's guests and cake and presents and did you enjoy your bridal shower or is it yes it was it was nice so something else i was wondering since you've just recently moved to florida from california so yep. i was wondering how many people are actually at the bridal shower because i'm assuming a lot of your <laughs> friends are actually in california there's yeah i mean i didn't i didn't anyone i didn't expect anyone to make it over here um it was more local like new people i'm meeting here and nice people on my on my fiance's side like family friends who threw me to shower so i got to meet a lot of people here because i know people here so So you got to meet the family for the first time but my mom did come out so that was that and um yeah that was nice was it more of a, a bridal drizzle than a shower, would you say? <laughs> no, it was, it was a very good shower, just full of new people as opposed to old friends like it usually is. And how do you usually uh, handle those situations? Are you good in them? or are you <laughs> Not great like... at those, but, you know, this was, this was an easy one because topic is the wedding. And, Topic's and, the wedding. Yeah, so and, a lot th- of... and there were, you know, other family members I knew, so it wasn't completely... Yeah. Yeah, a lot of small talk for you, I imagine. What type of small talk topics did you use when you were at your bridal shower? 
You're just going to ask a lot of questions about, you know, oh, the wedding about and the wedding, how are you yeah. doing and no oh, congratulations <laughs> and <laughs> it's easy. Come, we'll do a little bit of wedding small talk oh, right okay. now. Okay, all right, all right. Let's so are you looking forward to your wedding this year? Oh, yeah, you know, it's it's almost here. It's just a month and a half to go. And are you getting nervous? I'm, I'm if nervous. it was me, I'd be really nervous. I am nervous. Oh, yeah, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> nervous but excited. You Can't clearly, wait. You've clearly practiced. Can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> do it in my sleep. So, right, on to the, on to the, the actual serious chat, chat now. okay let's yeah. get serious so i've mentioned that recently you've moved from california to florida that that's not your sole history moves right there is it because as you can probably Last tell of many yeah as you can probably tell from your accent you're not born and bred american you've actually moved as a child from armenia to russia yep and then you moved from russia later on when you were a teenager to california yep and that's what we're kind of going to talk about moving between countries adjusting so i'm kind of wondering why did you move from armenia to russia <laughs> to start with yeah okay i mean i was nine i think so yeah. it wasn't really <laughs> my choice but uh so armenia for most of you who probably don't know is a little little but very old like thousands of years old country in um sort of the caucasus mountains and uh, it's right under Russia, sort of next to Georgia and Turkey. And it was one of the Soviet countries. So after the Soviet collapse in the 90s, uh, things were pretty rough there. And my parents were looking for better opportunities. So my dad ended up working in Moscow. So we moved to Moscow. And, you know, everyone in the Soviet country spoke Russian. So that was e easier initial transition. Close, sort of close to Armenia. Language we speak, culture we're familiar with. But then from there, when I was 14... Another move, or 13 really, another move to California. So the initial move to, to Russia was just prompted by, by opportunity and just bad conditions in Armenia. Did Armenia, that was part of the USSR, is yep. that right? Yeah. And then did like the Soviet Union collapse? And then... Yeah. And after that, it was like, you know, the power wasn't working. There was no electricity regularly, stuff like that. I mean, it, it wasn't like unlivable, but it wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't nice good. It wasn't good. Moscow was much better, so a lot of people were moving moving there because, like I said, the language and culture were familiar, and mm. Moscow was doing best after after the collapse. So that's where people went. So could if, could anybody from Armenia just move to Russia? Because it was yeah, like part and of it. it's still if it's still I forget what they call it, but the, all the old Soviet countries are in a block together, and if you have a passport passport of one, yeah, you can it. easily move between them. Do you remember anything from like Armenia back in those days? Yeah, I mean, nine is is pretty pretty old. When you think back of it, do you think of it like, oh, there was no electricity and there was a, there's none of this stuff, none of this stuff, and think, oh, it was horrible. Or do you think back and just remember, because you were a kid at the time, so <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it's a really... good question because my my mom always talks about it. How for me it was just like fun. You know, my parents made it made their best to make it comfortable yeah. for me, so it was all fun and games like we had a wooden stove we were using to cook and it was like oh how you know how fun put burn the wood and cook potatoes in the stove and so for me it's mostly good memories but <laughs> obviously <laughs> in retrospect that was the right move yeah so for yeah. you it was like yeah so for me i don't have like scarring memories or anything. it was great it's like a oh it's the candle night you know so we get to take the candles yeah. out and use yeah. the candles oh there's no so. tv let's tell stories <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah and then russia to america why did you decide or why did your parents decide to move to, to Sort America? of a mini version of the same thing. Once we were out of our 
home country it was like might as well go bigger <laughs> bigger and better and my my fr- my father had close friends in california who yeah. um you know ended up getting a job through that in silicon valley and we moved and i started high school in california now you've probably been in america for i'm guessing 17 years uh, gosh like, yeah 16 17 we moved 2001 and are your family looking to step up again because you know you've you've stepped up to russia you've stepped up to america <laughs> well, can you go higher than america dan can't you tell me because <laughs> it's what we're probably going to get into um, a lot of americans mm-hmm. they love america they think it's the promised land they think it can't get any better than this right but what did what does your family think because you've lived in three countries so you yeah. obviously know what it is like in I, I think short of going back to armenia in my opinion america is the best place for like if you're out of place america is the best place to be because it's so full of immigrants and all kinds of people who are you know also out of place so it's the it's the easiest mm. country to fit into if you're out of your own country that's what i think like a country of outsiders in yeah a way. yeah especially moving to california it's like the prime example of that yeah um just so everyone like a, a everyone big, at school you know yeah <laughs> was like me basically because i imagine for a lot of people moving from russia to america that's such a, a giant leap especially yeah. when you if you don't speak english yeah moving from one place to another it's a giant cultural transition but the way you've made it sound there it's like america's already like it currently <laughs> filled, filled i mean it wasn't and... easy it wasn't easy don't get me wrong i'm just this is you know in retrospect as an adult leaving you know my friends yeah. in russia and everything i knew and all that that wasn't easy and english i knew english like you learn a foreign language mm-hmm. in school so i thought i knew english but i always have this like big first memory of america we flew to seattle first to connect to san francisco and we you know we landed in seattle and we're waiting for a connection and the t- you know the tv tv was on like it is in airports and the news was on and i was like staring at it trying to understand i couldn't understand a single word of the newscaster was saying and <laughs> I, I either broke down crying or i was just really upset i was like mom i'm never gonna learn english i, I thought i knew english but i don't understand the word they're saying and, you know, my mom, she lived a little bit of through this <laughs> when we moved to Russia where I had a hard time initially. And then she was like, you you bounce back really quickly. Don't worry. By the end of the year, you're going to know English perfectly. And she was right. Once yeah, I was still at an age where it was easy to sort of get thrust into it. And, like to and transition learn. easier because yeah. you are, I suppose Definitely. you were, in, you went, did you go straight into a school with English speakers or? Well, do you know about ESL? Yeah. ESL classes, English as a second language is... Um, it's a class full of kids who, who don't speak English well. So um, that's how you start in America. So I did summer school of ESL before high school. And then I think maybe after the first or second semester of high school, I moved into regular classes. So that's a great, great program helping, helping kids transition. Was that enough, do you think, to, to transition you? Or was it like the same again, you know, in Russia, you, you thought you were at the level where you could speak English. <laughs> you went into ESL, you thought, okay, I've got it now. And then you went to school. Was it just like no, the same No, it, it was or? good because, the te- like I said, even once you're out of ESL, the schools up in Northern California, they're full of <clears throat> immigrant kids and the teachers mm-hmm. are just, I guess, used to it. And I know after ESL, it was pretty pretty smooth transition in terms of just language and school. But it, it's still... It was, you know, missing everything I knew. That, that, that took a few years. 
and just before you came to America, what were you thinking when you, as a 13 year old, I imagine that was kind of, it's kind of a hard age to, to leave yeah. your friends behind. What I'm picturing in my mind is, you know, you and your mom and you screaming, I don't want to go <laughs> to America. I don't think it was ever that dramatic, <laughs> but I was, I, I don't think I was, a fa- I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. It I hate like you so mom, I hate you dad. Yeah, well. There was, I'm sure, I think there was complaining that, like, what I why hear. we're happy here? <laughs> why, why are we doing this? I had to leave my cat and my best friend. Oh, did you have to leave your cat? Yeah, we gave it to uh, some, some friends, and then I think it Do you think you actually away. gave it to your friends, or do you think it was friends? No. It's like going to the farm. It wasn't oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, that happened with my first cat in Armenia, where he got sick. It was a little Siamese cat, and I was... I was literally told it was off to the village to live a happier off to life. The village. Yeah, but it's gone off to Russia, and we'll go and join it soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the second cat was like a street cat, and it prompt. I, I, I was it promptly ran away after being with our Did it. friends, and I think it'll be happy. It would have been happier on the street. Would it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that is that because your friends weren't very good? Or no, because, because the cat was sort of like a wild cat. It was already a street it, cat. It would yeah. survive. Yeah. It was going back to its roots, kind of. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It was. <laughs> Like, as a kid, it's harder to see the big picture, you know. You're happy with your friends, you're comfortable, you don't want to go into this unknown with a different language and new people, make friends again, and I'm, like, a pretty shy kid, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't happy, I don't think, but I'm happy now that I'm here. So, like, something kind of similar happened to me when I was about that age. Oh, yeah? Uh, in England, you, like, go to primary school, and then from there you go to high school, and you like you move up the, the okay. schools like that. Uh, so I finished primary school and all of the kids they were going to a high school, like the next high school yeah. up. And you uh, went somewhere else? Yeah, my my parents decided, well, this other school <laughs> has better grades, so mm. Daniel, you'll be going to this school instead. Yeah. So all my friends went off to one school, I went to a new school and I had to like start all over again basically socially. Yeah. And uh, same for me, you know, I wasn't I wasn't the most extroverted child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of thrust into this new environment where I didn't know anybody and had to make friends. And it's hard being the new kid in school. It is hard. I remember one of my, my chief memories from that time is, I think it might have been the first week, This I was playing on the school gar- schoolyard. And in England, like a, a, lo- a lot of kids play like soccer, football in, yep. The, yep. in the yard. And I was playing beside the soccer people and some kid kicked the ball right in my face. <laughs> and I uh, ended up crying. This was like my first week. Yeah. I ended up crying in front of everybody. Now, oh, was, that's not helping. Yeah, I was only like 12 or 13 at the time. But uh, <laughs> even at that age, crying is already, you know, taboo. Yeah, now especially if you're a boy. Yeah. Uh, so my <laughs> and my friend later said to me, you know, when I first saw you and you looked over at me, I thought you were really, really hard and tough. <laughs> And then <laughs> later that later that week, when I, uh, I saw you crying, I was like, "No, no, you knew he was a pussy, right?" Then. The illusion was over. Yeah. But maybe, well, oh, he yeah. remembers that, so maybe you know, maybe that helps me gain friends. You know, Does that okay, make sense? yeah, yeah, not help. Can you remember any like moments like that? Well, nothing so sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started one thing I do remember is I started reading Harry Potter around that time, and then my ESL English teacher let me borrow her books because they were so popular you couldn't get them at the library and you know she was just like oh here just take mine which was very nice and another uh, girl who was there in ASL she was a big fan too so we sort of started reading and uh, bonding over the books together and that was my first sort of friend in America and um, 
that's how it started. But then after a few semesters, I changed schools. It's happened again. <laughs> in there. <laughs> uh, same reason. We moved, Bob, Dad, why we moved are you doing to a better this to school. <laughs> um, in uh, Cupertino, which is actually where the Apple headquarters are. So it was full of, you know, all these super smart kids. Yeah. And um, that, that I finished high school there about three and a half years. And I'm glad I did because some of my best and all these friends are still from that high school. I imagine that's kind of like a different situation from other places because I imagine like Apple probably get a lot of like immigrant workers that come in yeah. with their kids. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people in that area are probably in the kind of the same boat, you know, you and all the other kids are kind of like being pulled yeah. away from where you were. And... Uh, that's something I was going to say is there was never a sort of, like I hinted at earlier, never a huge cultural shock because everyone around me was sort of experiencing it together yeah kind of. everyone was an outsider so that way you're all in it together it wasn't like i was the odd one out in this big sea of americans yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was great california was a good place to to start your my american life and in terms of before you came here what were your thoughts what did you think america was like because I imagine you might have got a lot of what you think of America from like watching movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone right watches the same American movies. Yeah. I I remember watching Beverly Hills 90210 when I was <laughs> in middle school. I probably shouldn't have. You're been. showing your age now. <laughs> Dawson's Creek, yeah, really. Um, so you thought high school was going to be like Dawson's Creek, kind of? Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was. I, I didn't. So I didn't think, oh, this is what America's going to be like. But that was, you know, that was my, and a lot of cartoons, Sunday cartoons. Um, I don't remember any big shocks. It, it was sort of on par with what I expected, I guess, from movies. Do, do you, can you remember, like, any moments when you moved to America where something kind of, like, almost, there was too much for you? Like, you had an overwhelming experience or, like, a confusing mm. experience that you didn't really know what to do one thing it's more of a general thing uh, in europe moscow Armenia, is you yeah there's a lot of walking places mm. and in america you're really confined to a car cupertino and that area san jose was yeah. especially bad at some places they don't have sidewalks and it's really uninviting it's like no shade just cars going really fast so that was a really weird transition especially for someone young who's not driving it's like you're you're stuck you have to have someone yeah. give you a ride or so that was the most frustrating thing is just oh you can't just go out and go to the store down the street or something um yeah kind of because obviously i've moved to america mm -hmm. recently yeah and i've just found the exact same thing <laughs> because i when I moved to America, I couldn't actually drive because right. there's like this, there's this horrible like bureaucratic process where you can't have a license unless you've got like a, a green card. Mm -hmm. You can't get a green card until you wait like four months or whatever. The way I've started thinking of it in my mind is if you can't drive here, at mm -hmm. least, uh, it's almost like you've got a disability. Yeah, you're like a prisoner. You can't leave your house. Well, you could leave your house, but then you walk down the street and then the sidewalk ends. You'd die then, in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> or in Florida, you die in the heat. And yeah. you've got you've to ask everybody else for help to like give you a lift around. Mm -hmm. And it is, just, it is almost like a disability. 
And even if you, I mean, there is public transportation, but if you try to use it, you realize just going maybe a few miles is going to take yeah. you an hour and two bus changes and mm. transfer. It's just not worth it. It really makes me think like if I wasn't fortunate to have some money to have a car, like what would I do? It's right. like you would be unable to live your life basically. Yeah, it's a and necessity. It, it just kind sure. of really, uh, moving to America, that's been one of the hardest things for me, like not being able to leave the house and basically mm-hmm. having no freedom because you can't yeah. do what you want. I can't just go out and do something. I can't, yeah. if I want to get groceries, I can't just decide to go and drive and do groceries. So is that kind of like how you were feeling? Yeah, exactly. Same, same thing. I suppose a lot of your friends were probably in the same boat though, because you know, you were 13, you couldn't drive, so... Yeah, and well, especially starting, you know, it took me a while to get really good friends and just, it's basically, and I, and I don't have any siblings, yeah. which means you don't, that's like, you're alone as so far you as nobody. your age when yeah. you're moving. Um, so it it was kind of lonely and, there, and you can't just go out and have a walk. <laughs> that was that was the biggest thing. But, and now I always, I always laugh at all the drive-thrus here. That's that's an American that thing, like that drive-throughs for everything. Yeah, that's something I've noticed as well. Like, like banks have drive-throughs, pharmacy. Oh, of course, now I use the pharmacy drive-throughs, so I can't you? talk. So you're turning into an American. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, happening. Something that amazed me. One of the things I saw was a Starbucks drive-through, and for some reason that like blew my mind. Like, and that's whoa. the most normal one. <laughs> I know that's normal, but my, in, um, in the UK there's no Starbucks no drive-throughs, so it's like whoa. Someone's walking. My mom is on another level. Um, she doesn't, like, if you buy a coffee or something, she doesn't like taking the cup and walking and drinking. She needs to sit down, have a real cup, not a paper cup, and just, like, drink her coffee at a table like an, like a civilized human being. Yeah. And then, and then go. And, it's, and not this, like, constantly on the move culture, but just, like, sitting and enjoying your cup of coffee. So I'm kind of wondering, actually, about your mom. Uh, obviously, she... She was obviously a lot older than you when she left mm-hmm. Armenia. She mm-hmm. left Russia and came to America. Yeah. So I imagine in your case, because you were so young, it was kind of easier for you to adjust, like you said, because yeah, you were, kind of, you were k- kind of still shaping who you were and learning about yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. But from her point of view, she was already herself. Yeah. So I'm wondering, how has, has she adjusted as well to America? Or? I mean, I think as much as she can given what everything you said i think yeah i realized later how much harder it was for my parents Mm. and um, i don't think they were fully adjusted like i think i i think i'm pretty comfortable now like i'm good i I think of myself in america as an american um they they're pretty adjusted but they don't i'm sure they they'd be more comfortable in armenia if it was in good (laughs) condition uh, livable (laughs) uh yeah well it's getting better. It's getting better. But also once you're out, you kind of get used to everything else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's something I've, I really grew up to appreciate as they kind of did it for me. And that's probably what kept them going. Not to sound egotistical. But it's <laughs> like, oh, it's hard, but we're doing it for her. And I appreciate that. Uh, but I imagine that was even harder for them because you were saying you were crying. <laughs> about yeah. It and Little brat. <laughs> so they're doing it for you, but you're... <laughs> Crying yeah, I wonder what conversations they had. <laughs> I suppose from one way to think of it is uh, America's had an influence on you, but might not have had so much of an influence on them because they were already... Yeah, they were, you know, in, in their 30s, I guess. So 
and so you say you consider yourself American now? Yeah, <laughs> now I'm reconsidering the way. Uh, no, I, I, I do think in terms of just realizing how America's made up of all these different mm. different people from everywhere. And I, well, my identity is always going to be Armenian, first of all. It's this weird cultural, cu- culturally Armenian citizen of America. Yeah. Um, that's like... Armenian is all, is on par with like being a woman for me. That's that's a big part of my identity. And then American, like try to it's like a third. try to try to figure out like how um, if somebody came up to you and said, uh, "What nationality are you?" What I'd would say you say Armenian. Armenian. I, in my head, American isn't a nationality. <laughs> I don't right, know. Well, so you don't think of America as a nationality? No. So I suppose kind of what you're getting at is it's almost like a spectrum. America's in a spectrum, but. Mm-hmm. When I think of myself being English, I kind of don't think of it. I think of like a white person, mm. but even maybe that's a problem with what I what I think because that's like not at all what an English person is. There's so many different ethnicities in England as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so it's a big a, question. Might be a fault of my prejudices or something. Yeah, you know that 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 could be a whole topic. Who is <laughs> who is an American or who is an Englishman? But then I think of my fiance is like oh well he's really american he he can he's like had people in his ancestry fighting in the american revolution that's pretty american <laughs> so there's like a scale it's like mayflower if you're on the mayflower yeah. you know you're at a 10 if you came from armenia which <laughs> number would you be <laughs> armenia russia to america what number would you be in the scale of 10 how american are you from one to 10 is what i'm saying oh me um Maybe that's like the way to... Seven and a half. Seven and a half. That's pretty American. It's pretty American. I think of myself as a, a 10 for the Eng- English. Mm-hmm. But then I was born there, grew up there. Yeah. Didn't leave there until I was 25 or so. So. Yeah, that's pretty different. That's a fully formed... Maybe, so maybe what, are you, be, <laughs> what are you on the American scale? At the moment, probably a zero. Really? Like, are, you, are you a citizen uh, or are you just a permanent resident? I'm just a permanent resident okay. at the moment, and because I've only been here for a year, I'm still adjusting. Yeah, and there's still a part of me like that's fighting against being an American because I'm just still caught up in this cycle of getting really annoyed by things that I don't like about America. Yeah, one of the hardest things for me is the permanency of it, knowing when something bad happens or when there's something you don't like, like that's the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. As an example, uh, healthcare. I really mm. in England. Healthcare oh, I see is, what you mean. I see. Healthcare is like free in England, and yeah. you know everybody. Whenever you you don't sick, have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like health insurance, and you've got to worry about all about that stuff. Yeah. And obviously, when I'm thinking about healthcare, yeah, it's annoying the shit out of me. So mm-hmm. I'm getting really annoyed, mm-hmm. and I'm keep thinking to myself, "Oh, and this is my life. <laughs> this is my life from now on. I've got to worry about this shit." Well, I have good news for you. You can be an American and still be annoyed by all that. That's, that's all right. <laughs> so it's not uh, mutually exclusive. You yep. don't have to. That's yep. true. That is true. And you can be an Englishman and American. Maybe. That's the beauty of America. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'll be a 10 on the English scale. An Englishman like a, in Tampa. A five on, the, five on the American scale. Okay, that's a start. But even then... Being English is like part of who I am. It's kind of so important to me. Yeah. Kind of probably the same as Armenian to okay. you. It's like I don't want to give up that part of myself because I kind of like mm. feel I don't want America to ro- like you're, erode like you're my identity. On yourself. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> I just don't want to kind of 
Yeah, I don't know how it somehow in my in my head it's compartmentalized. Like, I'm Armenian, but mm. that's my identity. But I'm also American. Yeah, I guess I've got this negative idea in my head mm-hmm. of like an American. Y- you need, and I'm thinking if need. I become an American, <laughs> I'll be becoming that person. You know, I'll be. Oh uh, yeah, no. See, that's what I'm saying. Americans love complaining about America, <laughs> so it's fine. I'm gonna go buy a, a giant, massive truck, a load of assault rifles, giant piece mm-hmm. of land and then i'm gonna you know be an american yeah that sounds is great. that an american it is it's one it of is. It's, it's one, one of, of americans it's one of the americans on the one scale of many yeah so just one last thing i was wondering if you've had any cultural misunderstandings when you came <laughs> to america can you remember any again as a as a kid it was just all part of growing up and all those pains i don't i don't remember any culturally specific things it's it was just all part of coming of age and learning the language and making friends Um, as an adult i'm sure you 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 must have had some so i've got like an example in my head from korea when i lived in korea okay and you can listen to this example and you can see if that spares any anything from you all right so just after we moved to korea we went to the grocery store for the first time and they've got this like system in the the grocery section like the fruits and vegetables section they've got this system that they use where it's kind of similar to america where you you like you pick your loose potatoes uh-huh. and then in america you would take those with you to the till at the end and then they would weigh the potatoes in korea what they do is there's like a woman in the grocery section she weighs the potatoes for you oh, okay and then she puts a sticker on with the price with the price mm-hmm. and then you put that in your basket and take your you know your basket to the okay. the, the final till now i actually figured that part out because <laughs> because just by watching people when you're in a new country you can yeah, kind of watch observing. what they're doing mm-hmm. and you can kind of figure it out so you watch people doing it and that's how we figured that out but we want some bananas now we went over to this the bananas and they were like 14 bananas in a bunch <laughs> little bananas like 14 little bananas in a bunch yeah now in england and i think in america as well you can like pull a bunch apart and then they'll weigh them at the end and then you get how much Mm -hmm. based on the bunch Mm -hmm. now what i didn't know was you were actually paying for the bunch you weren't paying for the oh so what i did was i pulled a bunch of bananas in half i took half the pack over (laughs) the woman to weigh yeah and the woman looked at it straight away and she was like no 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 that's not what you do but she was speaking to me in don't Korean. Don't you know how to handle bananas don't, here? Don't you know how to buy bananas in <laughs> Korea? Well, obviously, I didn't. So she's like, no, 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 no. So she leads us back to the bananas mm. and puts them both together, wraps them in a bag and oh. gives us the bag. She rescued you. And she, was, she, like, she couldn't tell us because we didn't speak Korean at that mm-hmm. point. So uh, obviously, we didn't want 14 bananas because it was just me and Jamie. <laughs> but uh, we begrudgingly took them. them. We had to take them because obviously, we didn't want to lose any more face than we yeah, did we didn't want to embarrassing yep so we bought 14 bananas and probably about you know 10 of them went black and got thrown away but oh, those, that's what banana bread is for yeah well we didn't have an oven this is <laughs> this is one of the things about when you live in asia not a lot of uh, houses have ovens so you can't actually make banana oh, bread interesting i didn't know so that. you thought you'd been smart of the banana bread comment but you weren't you're being stupid you see so whoa if you move to korea and you try to make banana bread you'd be looking silly no, if I move <laughs> to Korea, I'm just going to eat Korean barbecue all the time. Yeah, that's a good plan. So that's a misunderstanding. Can you remember anything like that that happened to you when you were... That probably fell all on my 
parents and I sort of learned by observing them. You just did care of everything. <laughs> they just uh, they just had these horrible banana moments and yeah. you just watched and Yeah. I was spared the horrible banana moments. Now, do you think you've completely adjusted now? It's been seventeen years, do you think? I think I'm probably like ninety percent adjusted, but I don't know if that last ten percent will ever will, will ever happen. Um, my life I've sort of accepted is always like no matter where I am I miss somewhere else it was you know first Mm. it was missing Armenia and Russia then it was missing Russia in Northern California and missing Armenia or missing Armenia is always like a stack that builds you know then when I started college we moved from Northern California to Los Angeles uh, to go to UCLA and then it was missing all my friends up (laughs) in NorCal and also my friend in Russia that I still talk to like regularly and then still missing Armenia and now I've moved to Florida so I miss like all of California and yeah so it's just going to go on and on but so you just need to move again and then yeah I think I'm probably going to be here for a while but at this point I've I've got all these little pieces of myself in separate corners of the world all right so here's a question if I said the word home to -hmm. you where would you think of home very sort of literally where I am right now but home home I think every time I haven't visited in a while but whenever I do visit Armenia it's sort of like wow yeah this is where I'm from this is home so I guess I suppose when you do go back to Armenia it's probably the only time when you are in that homeo genus environment where yeah but it's never like oh I, I don't feel at home I don't feel comfortable it's like where it, for me home is just people as corny as it is if, if I would you know, people I care about and I love, then I'm, then I'm good. And how do people think of you when you go to Armenia? Do they f- think of you as, as Armenian, or do they think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, they they do pull comments sometimes, like, "Oh, wow, you still speak Armenian really well." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> why wouldn't <laughs> I?" <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just something something you don't lose unless you actively work yourself to just deny that that part of yourself i kind of just remember i used to work with a nigerian guy and yeah. when he went back to nigeria to visit people everybody would uh assume he was like really rich because he mm. came from, come oh, yeah. from england americans and, like he'd, he'd get ripped English off in the way. airport and oh, stuff yeah. like yeah. that and that's part of it too it's even back in armenia i don't feel fully armenian so it's like you're always a little mm. fragmented I don't belong anywhere. No, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've, I'm adjusted and happy here. But yeah. that is that is true. That that sort of you're you're an American among Armenians and you're an Armenian among Americans and Russia. Forget. I don't even know. Like I'm not Russian, obviously, in any way. But I lived there long enough mm. and I speak Russian and the culture is familiar and the food. I like it. You know, I like the. It's it's sort of part of me as well growing up. So these are all. These are all me and very complex. I, I know I'm no, I'm a complex person. I'm wondering <laughs> how many countries have you lived like a substantial amount of time in? Well, it depends what you would call substantial. I think I've spent like a year in a lot of countries. Six months or more. Yeah. So I've lived in obviously America, mm-hmm. Canada, England, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, but I wouldn't consider any of those as having an impact on me and my identity. Okay, you were sort of just moving through. 
I'm sure it changed and grew in, in ways from being there, but I don't think it, it actually changed me enough that I would think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I consider myself like you didn't Korean. You did become Korean, yeah. Actually, just something I was thinking, when I left England, I went straight to Canada and I didn't feel at home in England. Mm. And I didn't really miss it when I left. Like, I was kind of... Oh, interesting. Even though you, you Englishman, being an Englishman is so important to you. Maybe it's just because I was moving from my hometown. I'd, like, been there so long. Okay. When I left, I didn't miss it. And, you know, whenever I fall back to it, I was just like, well, nothing's changed. But then when I left Canada, I'd lived there for about a year. Mm-hmm. I moved to Korea. And while I was in Korea, I was thinking about in Canada. I was, like, missing it. And I was homesick for Canada. And that must have been a much bigger culture shock than yeah, that was, Canada. Yeah, that was probably why. Because I wasn't really truly independent until I moved to Canada. Mm. And I really kind of built up a life there and I had my yeah. routines yeah. and then when I moved to Korea it's kind of like as you, you left say, all that behind yeah I left that all that behind but I didn't leave much behind in England so I kind of at that moment I was thinking of Canada as my home even mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. I'd only been there for a year yeah something I always missed was when I lived in Canada on Friday after work I would always go and get my shopping and what I would do is I'd go to this uh, little grocery store and to get my fruit and vegetables. Then I go down the road to a deli and I'd get all my like <laughs> it just sounds stupid now. I get my cheese and my meat and stuff <laughs> like that stupid, from there. Yeah. And get my bread from there. Mm-hmm. I think it's still delicatessen. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I always in Korea I would always think about that and think, Oh, just like my life was so great. I used to do this oh, on I miss a Friday. My deli. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to a deli and then just talk to the woman and say, Oh, and this hyper ham. Mm. But I suppose actually thinking on top of my head now. That actually ties into the bananas, you know, buying the bananas was such hard work in Korea. Right, it's Com- not comfortable and familiar. Yeah, in your, comparison to yeah. Canada, where I had this lovely routine that I would do every mm. Friday. It's the little things. That's the, that's the problem, man. <laughs> All right, so I think we're about done. Would you like to finish with some more small talk? Sure. Um, we, just before this, we had a little, little game night at our workplace. What did you think of, of the games we played? Yeah, so we were playing Wii and a couple of board games for my group because we didn't play together. No. I, f- I felt it was a bit awkward because we played Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, that, that can work. get awkward fast. <laughs> it's pretty awkward. And we played a game where you uh, have to do accents and that was kind of awkward as well because nobody really knew what they were doing. From what I heard, you were you were the best at it. Well, I did one good accent, okay. but uh, the rest What was accent just, did you do? I can't remember. What was it? Oh, it's my geek accent. <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. Oh, damn, okay. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> this is serious chats. It's not. No, it's small talk. Do you want to do a geek accent? Oh, no, I'm not no, the one exactly, who's good exactly. at accents. You are. But yeah, how did you find it? Did you, did you yeah, enjoy it? Yeah, it? it was a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't play the accent game. I would have been terrified of that one. Yeah. But uh, Cards Against Humanity was fun, and we was fun. My... My group who were in teams, my team won. So I have yeah, a little trophy won. on my... That's just why I want to talk about it. To just oh, I just wanted I to brag yeah. about you. Actually, win, I forgot. You? I just remembered that I did <laughs> So, yay. Brag on. Brag on. Thank you. All right. I think that's it. Thanks for coming on the show, Lucine. Sure. Thanks for having me. It's been nice to talk to you. All yeah, right. Nice library we're in. Yeah, it's a lovely library. Nobody came in to shush us, so... There's a nun behind oh, us now. Damn, there's a nun looking I'm right at us. I'm sorry I said damn before. She's on a laptop, which yeah. isn't very nun-like. But, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you for coming on the scene. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you.